Hey everybody, welcome back to the Alternative Blacks podcast. It's your hosts, Chris and Tyler here, bringing you another bonus episode. We've been doing a bonus. lot of bonus episodes, and I don't know if it's just going to become part of like the regular, oh, this is the music series episode, or how we're going to start defining this, but bonus episode kind of seems to be losing its allure if we're doing it all the time. It's not so, really a bonus if it's going to be... It's a bonus to hear our voice, so I mean, yeah. No. Not mine. <laughs> Anyways, we got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about Earl Sweatshirt, uh, so that's going to be fun because we both really enjoy Earl, and, and we really enjoyed Odd Future and that kind of group um, and that energy that group in particular brought, brought but the... Something about Earl stood out a little bit more to me, yeah. even even more than like Tyler. Right. Yeah, me too. So. But before we get into that, <laughs> that's right. You want to introduce this one? Yes. So today we have New Belgium. It's a Voodoo Ranger, which is like a series of beers that they do. It's not a under, bonus series. It's just a series. It's just a series, you know, and it's called uh, Juicifer IPA. Um there's not really much uh, description on it. It's just a Voodoo Ranger IPA, probably a juicy IPA, I would I would imagine. So let's get into it. It has a good nose feel. Nose feel. Ooh, that is nice. Very hoppy, very crisp. Right. It, it that that was really interesting to me too because it was hoppy. Like you get that hot profile, but it's not that like really bitter. Kind yeah, of but like, there's enough bite to it for yeah, me that it, it's, that it's good. Um, it's really mellow too. It just has that nice. I guess that'd be the juice. juicy, but I don't really feel it's juicy, but it's not super super juicy. Yeah, like, I've had juicies that feel like oh, I'm drinking orange juice. Yeah, I see that. And yeah. this isn't like that for me. This is it's enjoyable, but it's still beer. <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's a little there's a little like. The grittiness to it. It's a little drier than like a juicy IPA, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that's that's damn good. That's like really refreshing. Like I, <laughs> I'm wondering where this was at all summer long because this would have been my go-to. Yeah, first time I'm seeing this version of Voodoo Ranger. So and usually you see Voodoo Ranger in a bottle. Yeah, I've, I've, this is the first time I see it in a can. And I mean, I'm about that can life, so yeah, me I too. prefer like. Definitely we have that can. whole beer segment on beer versus uh, bottle versus can. That's a very real argument. It's not an argument. There's one right way. There's one right way, and we're doing it today. So <laughs> can yeah, um, we can do it. Yeah, we, you know what we can do. This episode. we can get over that joke, <laughs> <laughs> and we can move on to this episode of Earl Sweatshirt. You want to do the quick history? Sure. So. Earl Sweatshirt, um, man, I'm going to butcher his birth name. That's why I had you do this. Thanks. Thanks for throwing me under the bus, buddy. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. He was born Thebe Neruda Kagotsitsile. See, you did a much better job than... It's probably Gotsitsile. Okay, silent. I would say, or it's Kotsitsile and the G silent. Not sure. However, he was born February 24th, 1994 in Chicago. Um, Let's talk about that in, in itself. Chicago is such a great hub for artists. Like, 
I think we're going to have to do a separate episode where we take a look at artists like Common, Lupe Fiasco. Definitely Lupe Fiasco. Kanye West. Yeah, Lupe Fiasco. Good one. But then you also have Earl coming out of Chicago. You have Saba, I think, is out of Chicago. We have some as far really... as born out of Chicago, anyway. Right, BJ the Chicago kid. Our friend B. <clears throat> also, also in Chicago. <laughs> I stopped myself. Yeah, you did. So. I, I, I think I think Jonathan actually listens to this episode, so I think he might have oh, to our podcast. So I think he might have picked up on what I was about to put down, but I stopped myself. Good. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, he he had a couple he has a couple aliases. Um his original rap name was Sly Tendencies. Which I freaking love. <laughs> I don't know if it would have picked up as much as like Earl. I think for his persona and like how he ended up being and is, I think Earl Sweatshirt is a good name for him. Mm-hmm. Sly Tendencies was is kinda like that's like a good name for your first name. Yeah, I as I said, I absolutely love it. It's I don't know, that's the underground name that I expect to hear from, like, I'm, I'm going to a, an event and there's going to be a bunch of, like, people doing a cypher or something like that. Yeah, and it's like... Next it, up on the mic is Sly Tendencies! And, and like, it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, never heard of this guy. Oh, he's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, he also, he his producer <laughs> alias is a uh, random black dude, which... Genius. Amazing. Genius. Absolutely. Yo, who made this beat? I don't know, some random black dude. <laughs> But I mean, you want to talk about like point on point for on brand, I guess would be the phrase. Very like on random brand. black dude, I think, for Earl. And then DJ Earl Fletcher, which I've never heard. Um, and for a long time, I thought, oh, you know, Earl Sweatshirt, his name's Earl. No, no, it's not Earl at all. I honestly, yeah, that was my assumption. I was just like, hey, uh, his name's Earl. Last name's definitely not Sweatshirt. Whose name's Sweatshirt? But. Uh, it has to mean something. Uh, it, his name has to be Earl. Yeah, maybe oh. he was wearing a sweatshirt when he came up with his Should, name. Do we even look up how we got that name? Oh, we're horrible. That was, that was a fail. Anyways, Any, he was born in Chicago. Born in Chicago. Uh, his mother, Cheryl Harris, was a law professor at UCLA, which is, oh. is, is mind-boggling to me. And then his father was a poet and political activist, and he was South African. He was from South Africa. I'm just going to skip over his name. Yeah. <laughs> Cura Petsi Kogasitsile, South African poet and political activist. Um, his parents split early at eight years old, um, and his father went back to South Africa. Um, so he grew up largely without his father, and that's very prevalent in his music. Um, really is. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I connected with that for some reason. My dad was very present in my life so it wasn't like i connected with it because like, yeah i understood it but uh, the the something missing from his childhood i think is what i connected with i guess for me it would have been like not having like any siblings i connected with it exactly why literally <laughs> literally connected with it um sort of in in that same vein um you know you talk about chum which we'll get into um, line from that I think uh, was really pointed, but yeah, I connected with I connected with that. Um, and then there's it's interesting the struggles of an Earl sweatshirt, you know, college professor, growing up in California in an affluent area, going to 
um, going to private schools. Very bright, very bright well, dude. It it definitely translates one hundred percent to his lyricism and his ability as a uh, as an artist. Definitely, like, definitely, it, it comes out. It's one of those things that again, I think, is what stood stood out about him to me in Odd Future was the fact that you, you get these talented guys rapping. Like I love listening to old. It's one of my favorite songs to listen to. It's ten minute just extravaganza of artists and everyone comes out and does their thing and then like towards the end out pops Earl and destroys and he it. just stands out so much from everybody else well, because I, of his lyrical that's ability. what I that's where I really picked up on Earl here and we'll get into that because as far as odd futures concerned I mean Earl Earl sweatshirt and um, and Tyler creator as rappers and then um, Frank, Ocean. Frank Ocean as an artist. Those three, of course, still have careers today on their own and did back then. But Earl Sweatshirt, by far, as a rapper, lyricist, is... Murder. Murder on a yeah, track. Far and beyond the best that Odd Future had in that song. But as soon as, you found, like, as soon as I found out, I was right. like, oh, his mom was a law professor, very well educated, and was very focused on... Earl succeeding and being well educated, and then just the, having the act, South African poet and political activist, like and yeah, having that, those kind of mindsets, yeah, and being able to look at things with an understanding from a educational aspect, but then having the poet involvement too to take all that information that you're bringing in and educating yourself on, and then to express the pain and just all of that. Yeah, because he 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 was a very troubled kid growing up, um, but like you said, he like he understands his struggles and his fault faults, and that's kind of what comes through in his music. So I mean, he grew up uh, he grew up in Santa Monica. Um, he went to UCLA Lab School in LA, New Roads High School, um, MS in Santa Monica, and those are top private schools, top rated in the country. Um, and you you kind of don't get that if you're just looking on the periphery of Earl Sweatshirt, just by the way he acts, the looking stuff he's doing. It, if you look at it from just Earl, if you look at it from uh, Future, uh, Future, you look at that. I can definitely from how people speak about rappers and artists, and especially this group who prides themselves so much about going against the grain and ruffling feathers. I could almost expect that people look at this group as like, look at these hoodlums, you know, and to be able to be like, mm, let's talk about Earl. Let's let, let's talk about his education. Let's talk about his like up, upbringing and everything like that. Yeah, he was troubled. But like if you put him put it on paper and you say, OK, he went to top rated schools. His, his mother was a lawyer like his, his dad was this great poet and, and political like leader. What are you going to say to that? Like, how are you going to be like, oh, just another hoodlum, like, rap guy? You know? I, I love... Right. That made me love Earl that that much more because it, it's just a slap to the face to all the haters, all the other people that look at rap as this, like, uneducated, like, gritty form of... That's not even music. Yeah. 
And I, I, I think that's why I really enjoy Earl so much more now is because look at what such a gifted individual can, can accomplish. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, you know, he, he got into, he got into some trouble, um, when he was younger, um, in high school, um, and he, his mother sent him away, uh, to Samoa of all places, um, to live in a boarding school for troubled youth. Uh, he had, uh, drug problems, um, among, among things, behavioral issues or whatever, but drug issues and it's called Coral Reef Academy for at-risk teens. Um, he was there for a year and a half, uh, getting clean, you know, trying to redirect his life. Um, that was, and that was like right in the middle it, of his music career though. Sort well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like sort of, um, because like I had mentioned earlier, Slide Tendencies was like the first mm-hmm. musical thing he did. Um, but then in 2009, he joined Odd Future, and that's when he took on the name of Earl Sweatshirt. Excuse me, Odd Future Wolf Game. Killed them all. all. Ah, of course, of course. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Tyler, Tyler Creator actually found him on MySpace, <laughs> of all things. What is MySpace? That sh- Mine's still active. That's bad. That's bad. Tom's not even on MySpace anymore. <laughs> He's on Facebook. So Earl released his debut album in 2010, which is, well, it was a mixtape, Earl. Earl. Um, he was 16 at the time. Um, after he did that mixtape, along with the behavioral, behavioral issues, drug issues, the music, obviously his mother disapproved of the content. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when she sent him away. So really it was like before his music career, but it was like right when he was starting to gain notoriety. Right. Because everyone was just like, what happened to Earl? Right. And it's free Earl, Tyler creator and all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. Free well, Earl. I thought, I thought he, he went to prison. Well, yeah. Everyone thought he went to prison. I thought he was in jail. I was just like, Oh, I remember looking up in, I, when I was doing the research for this, trying to find out the, his jail sentence. No, but like, all the questions, like all the pre, all the prefills in Google, was how how long was what did he go to jail for? <laughs> what did he go to jail for? It's like he didn't go to jail. I felt so ignorant. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and and during that time, um, Earl had been working on an album, and his mother obviously had the rights to abuse a child, mm-hmm. he, and he couldn't speak for himself. She wouldn't release any of the music, so that Odd, Odd Future couldn't couldn't do anything. And actually, Odd Future came out with that uh, with that collab with with that group mixtape album, and Earl was only on one song in that whole thing, which was Oldie. Oldie, yeah. Because that was, I believe, I believe that was done uh, after he came back. Because he wrote most of his verse for Oldie while he was over in Samoa. Mm-hmm. And everything else for the album was already done. So that's why the best rapper in Odd Future is barely on their Odd, on the Odd Future mixtape album collab, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he did a lot of things while he was in uh, Coral Reef Academy in Samoa. Um, 
he read a biography on Malcolm X, which I thought was interesting. Um, read Richard Farina's uh, counterculture fiction and wrote the wrote the verse for Oldie, or most of it anyway, um, which was also, that was his first appearance. That was a debut appearance, too. Talking about, like, a strong debut, though. Yeah, it was... It was We're going to have to, like, cut in right here. This is where, where Oldie's playing and his verse is going in. I don't know if I want to... Maybe we'll just put the link to the, the video, because that's an adventure in itself. Yeah, but, because he does come in, he's, like, at the end, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, like, I think it's him and Tyler, like, to wrap yeah. it all up. And that's also where I think where this verse was probably, or this song was probably created and almost done when Earl came back and finished it and recorded it, which mm. is why he's probably at the end. But um, he returned back to L.A. in, in 2012, um, and he almost immediately began working on, on Doris, which was his debut album. Um, what's really interesting here is his manager yeah, fun was, fact. was Tupac's manager, Leela Steinberg, which and is still his manager, which did not know any of this. This no, is all like that, just crazy. All right. Full disclosure. I'm just reading the notes now. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's wild <laughs> to me because you're looking at That's so legendary. <laughs> like so somebody at that stature like i manage tupac and i'm i'm gonna manage you now like that's wild and got and and helped him come back from right from samoa like she was managing him and brought him back so he began recording doris in 2012 and it was released in 2013 um and chum was the first thing that was released when he came back and I'll save I'll save as yeah. far as like my thoughts for Chum, but you want to talk about like I think Chum is like what um, embodies him as an artist because of what it, it, he's basically recapping his past year and a half to two years, and it very like reminiscent what got him there, yeah, and, what's and, here and what he's going through, and that's the. Fun thing for me recently with going into these uh, this deep dive and why I'm very excited to go into more deep dives on artists is because I already liked Earl, loved Earl, loved his content, so relatable, and to hear the like actual reasoning behind everything and the, like the the facts and the history and what what actually this means and that means going through that gene we. we we sat down and we went through genius and just kind of yeah we we already had our ideas we've already broken down a lot of his lyrics for ourselves but just to kind of get like that affirmation and just kind of check it out and get some more like confirmed lyrics and it the appreciation value just went up like i i can't i, I listened to it like immediately after doing the research and then uh i'm probably going to be doing it tomorrow just listening to uh doris I freaking love Doris. So, anyways, random tangent. Random tangents. But, yeah. So, he started, like, when I was going over this, it was like, wow. Like, he was pumping out music and working on music pretty much right away. And it almost didn't stop 
And it was it's weird because it's almost Earl's like one of those people where he brings something out and like you don't hear about him after that. He doesn't do a lot of public like there's not a lot of publicity. He puts it out and then goes back into hiding, which is kind of what what his music would suggest too. That's Earl. So, I mean, he he stopped the one tour because he was yeah. having like problems with depression and everything. Like right, that. right, and you know all the all these tr- all these mental troubles fuel his music and kind of it makes him relatable in a sense where he's so vulnerable. He's so open about. It. He's so open and he's so vulnerable and he's not full of himself. I mean, his music is, he's very self critical. Mm-hmm. Definitely self critical. I think everything is he's about. Self-aware he's self aware. He is self aware. Um, and I think that's what makes him relatable because he's not your average person in a way, but he's still relatable to someone who isn't going through these things. What I think is very interesting is when we're talking about rap today and kind of those pre-notions and preconceived thoughts and stereotypes we have on rap music we i mean just the general public this is boisterous it's this braggadocious it's just this uh show-off type of uh music that glorifies Drugs, violence, sex, all this kind of whatever. And and to some vein that sometimes has a little merit to it. But for me, what's very interesting is his music reminds me more of like a NWA era where there's just all this music out that just kind of blanketed everything that was happening in the world nothing was like there was nothing wrong this is a great time to be alive there's there's all this stuff going like be happy about life just every other genre of music and then you have a group like nwa come out and fuck the police straight out compton easy ease uh boys in the hood yeah well that's what odd future that's what that was the appeal of our future. Right. They were basically in the new NWA. Right. And that's what I like about Earl is the fact that when you're listening to him being so vulnerable and talking about stuff, you're not like listening to somebody talking about a hundred thousand dollar car and being like, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would love that. You're right. listening to someone talking about an issue they're like really going through and struggling with and you're just like Fuck yeah, no, no. Yeah, I feel that. Yes. I can feel, or you can at least feel the pain that he's coming through or the struggle that he has. Mm -hmm. It's gripping enough. Whether you're going through it or can relate to it, it's still gripping enough. Right. So I think that's the appeal, Earl, that's the appeal of our future. Um, So actually, Doris was originally not going to be called Doris. It was actually first announced as Nosos, that's with a G in front, silent G, Um, but it was changed to Doris on December 4th, December 4th. That might be our next bonus. Hint, hint, next bonus music, December 4th. December 4th is a great date for many reasons that we won't go into right now, not just, not just musical. Not just hint, hint. 
But uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then Nosos um, was going to be the title of his next album too then. Um, and he eventually went in a different direction with that and released in, 20, in 2014, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside. Um, I love that album. I really, I really do for, for a different reason than I like Doris. I think they're so different, mm-hmm. but, um, we, we'll get into that in a second. Um, so he goes, he goes through that. Um, it shows up. It's, it's one of those things where it shows up on presale and iTunes just like out of nowhere. It was like back in that vein, mm-hmm. uh, in 2015, it is, it showed when it, um, when it was a net, when it was put on iTunes with no announcement, and it was just like that was like the time where people were just dropping shit, right? And no announcement was like the thing. Like people were just looking for music, and it was like, oh wait, there's the, there's this new album out. I always thought that was interesting because before, in the previous it's whole build up. it's a whole buildup. You have four music videos and singles coming out, and then I think twenty fifteen's around that time where I was falling off in music because of that fact that like I had no hype around anything, and it was just so much going on personally with trying to graduate and everything that was going on in college. And I was just kind of like overwhelmed, and I got into stuff really late at this point. Um, because like I'm even thinking about back in middle school with. Kanye and 50 Cent when they had that like oh we're gonna drop the album the same time and like see who does better and that type and that was how albums were going out was just this type of like huge, huge it was like a movie up, like, huge. well you had to now you don't have or you had to back then you don't have to now because everything's so interconnected information's gonna go out whether you want it to or not which is interesting here because Earl did not know that this album was getting <laughs> dropped wow. like it was. The label just did it without telling him. And he said he had no idea. He, they gave him no notice that they were going to release the album. It was being, it was done. It was sitting. He didn't have a release date. They just decided we're dropping this. Didn't tell him about it. Uh, but he did say that he felt like it was his first album uh, because he could back up everything on it, the good and the bad. I thought that was interesting because the reason I like the album is because it is so... It's a lot more of the same, but it's so much more mature than Doris mm-hmm. is, um, which I think is interesting. Um, and I guess you kind of get that from the like he started his career so early. Earl was twenty. Earl, he was sixteen years old. Yeah. And then, you know, you grow so much in that small amount of time. These five in the five year span there that. It's coming through in the music album to album so drastically. If he was twenty five to thirty or twenty to twenty five, it, it would be growth, but it wouldn't be such a drastic change. So he's going from a kid to an adult yeah. in that time span, which is crazy. Over three albums, and you can really see the maturity there. Um, <clears throat> but then uh, he laid low for a while, and just last year. Um, he released some rap songs, an album um, about his dad. His dad died um, recently in the past couple of years, um, and this this song was kind, or this uh, this album was kind of him processing his relationship with his dad. Uh, and the music is just as 
um, muddled and um, vague and confusing and conflicting as his relationship with his dad mm-hmm. probably was. It sounds is it's off kilter. He's off beat a lot of the time. Purposely, of course. Right. We got to get into that in like but, a little later yeah. uh, about what he does to manipulate a uh, rhythm and, a, and the rhymes and right. the beat. But continue. But he. But the sound of it was way dark, way down. Like he fell into a, like a depth that mm-hmm. he didn't hit yet with the sound of it. I think it was. It's very. He's never been one f- for. A tight, um, a tight uh, song where it's copy copy paste. Here's a verse. Here's a here's a um, here's a hook. Here's a verse. Here's a hook and a song. It's never been like that. Um, and I think this that's where uh, that's where it led him upon his father's death. What was crazy to me was his father was seventy nine when he died. So his father was old. Yeah, because I mean, what really my old. grandma's eighty. Yeah. So I was like, wow, he's really, really that old. But um, you know, it 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 was also one of those things where this was his last album under Columbia Records too, under mm-hmm. his record label, and it seems like this was just on, on the surface at first to me it seemed more of like the Drake thing where Drake wanted to get out of his contract. So he just dropped that. Um, if you're reading this crap, it's too late. Yeah. And it was just songs and it, it wasn't there, there. He like, he didn't put a concept behind it. He just dropped he has it. Concepts? He thinks he does. <laughs> well, we'll get, I can't the- wait to have the Drake episode. We're going to actually bring a neighbor over for that okay. one. Cause she's going to defend that. To yeah. Um, um but no, like he just dropped it. It was a list of songs, and he and he just left it that to get the contract over with. With the fiasco, lasers, same sort of I thing. Still enjoyed lasers. Yeah, uh, but the, I, I, I the know issues, exactly and then the like issues now. some rap songs is kind of like um, it. At first, it sounds like that, and that's the first thing I thought of when I read that this was his last album on the contract. And then it made more sense when when you know it's about his father's death. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just sounds like some rap songs, so I thought that was really interesting too. But um, that so some rap songs when I was going through it and trying to study it a little bit, first pass I was like, eh. To the same extent that I did with Igor, where I was just like, it's just not for me. However, unlike Igor for me, because I still have to try to get into it. I, I um, uh, what boy is a gun? Boy with a gun? What what, what is that? What is that track? Because I still I fuck with that track. Well, for, off of Igor, Tyler's song. Um, and then Earthquake, I'm really... I like Earthquake. I, I'm, I'm falling into a little bit more, but I'm still having trouble like getting around that whole album. But then I really actually took time and sat down and was like listening to some rap songs. Yeah. And it was just... Blown away. I just... His depth and and what he does with his music just really puts me like takes me rather than putting you on the edge of the seat like movies do when you talk about a good movie you're on the edge of the seat for me uh, with a good album it has you sit back 
and take it in. That, that, that's how I'll, I'll compare music to movies in that sense. And I'll compare music to, say, a book where, for me, if I have to sit there and re-listen to the album and try to understand what is being done musically or conceptually, I think that's not necessarily just sit back and appreciate, but makes me perk up and listen harder Mm -hmm. and repeat and repeat and repeat until I get what's going on. well, yeah, and that's exactly what I mean, because most times with music in me, I'm playing music as I'm doing, doing things. So I, I, I'm listening, I'm, I'm having fun and enjoying the music, but I'm not really paying attention. They say you can't, there's no such thing as multitasking. If you're doing multiple things at once, you are effectively decreasing your efficiency at all of those things. So when I say it makes me sit back doesn't mean I'm not actively listening. It means quite the opposite that I am. My full attention is on this music and and it's almost, uh, I'll have my arms folded, uh, body language wise, closing off anything else that's coming into the picture. And I am just down this rabbit hole. Uh, My eyes are open, but I'm not seeing anything around me because I'm looking down what's being said. I'm, I'm, I'm going down these rabbit holes of how these words connect and how this actually connects to a song that happened earlier and why they're using this same type of device. And it's just some rap songs was fun. I, I went down rabbit holes that I wasn't expecting to and uh, I still don't feel I have a firm grasp on that. No, I don't either. Um, but I really like that album. Um, and on that note, let's quick run through the discography. Um, any thoughts on, on each album here? Um, what do you think of the mixtape, Earl? If anything. Again, it's one of those things where I was so focused with Doris and some rap songs that everything else kind of just did, like hasn't really... Register, register, like stayed with me. Well, that's fair because to me, Earl, um, one the only the the big thing I took away from it, it it's gritty, mm-hmm. it's raw, it's a mixtape, so it's obviously not produced. It's not overproduced. It's it's very it's very uh, it's very rough. But I think that's also what he was going for. Um, basically. Um, you can, I, I would say I have like my likes, for example, would be, um, you can see his lyrical potential. Um, there's storytelling in it. You have the complex flow patterns, internal rhyming. Um, it's ridiculous considering it was 16 when he did this. Um, but there's the immaturity there too. The, the the things that are being said and talked about, um, you can kind of get the stuff that he talks about later in terms of his troubles. Mm-hmm. He's smack dab in the middle of it when Earl comes out, and you can see that and you can hear that um, just in the things that he's saying, um, controversial things that he's saying. So um, that's kind of what can put you off to it. But if you just look at it. From a technical standpoint, it is ridiculous at 16. Um, 
lyrically. So that was my impression of Earl. Um, and then I think Doris, for me, was kind of like, okay, now he knows how to put an album together. Now this is like, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's starting to get into the introspective stuff with Chum, where he talks about um, when his father left and how he grew up without a father and he hated him for it when all he wanted to do was say, I love you. Mm-hmm. But the hatred was just, just, he would just hold he, down his emotions. He, he was putting on such a, like, a facade. A facade. Yeah. yeah, like, like it wasn't, like his father wasn't there, so he wasn't able to be vulnerable and express the self because, like, other people, like, who were going through similar situations weren't doing that. They're just not fucking, like, it was just that type of mentality. And then for him, he was really having that internal struggle. He's like, this is everything I wanted to say and this is everything I was feeling. But I would just push it aside and I would just continue on and just like, fuck that guy. And uh, I, I was, for me, I'm a very video oriented person. I like the visual. And one of the things that struck me about Earl so much is he has a very energetic body and experience though. Like when, when he first walks out, and you, especially when you see him with Hot Future. And then that initial smile that like comes out with him. But then as soon as he goes to bite into like the first bar, it goes away. Yeah. And he's honing into all the internal stuff, which is kind of like what he was just expressing there. It was just like, yeah, fuck that guy. But I really, I, I really miss him. Yeah. And... What struck me about Earl was the eyes. That kind of like, like the, the, low the high eye. eye. Like I, yeah. I call it the high eye where like your your eyes are kind of your eyelids are really droopy, but like he also has those bags yeah. under his eyes that are really like heavy and everything. And it really it made that struggle so much more real. Like you can right. see it took a lot out of this kid. Like we're, we're talking kids, so he's 25, right? Right. But at the time, again, with Doris and all this kind of stuff, right, he was still young. He was a teenager. Right. And, and for him to physically look that beaten down already and just to, to really understand that the struggles that he was going through when he was talking about them, and he made the videos perfect for that. They were like, most yeah, were black dark. and white. Yeah. If they weren't, they were just dark, grungy. And it had that almost like this is where my mind is at. This is the yeah, world. It's I, a personification I of it's, his mind. It's yeah, it's wild. It's all it's it's creepy. It's destructive. That high destroyed. That yeah, the high like <sighs> the high video or you got that insidious vibe to it with, yeah. the, with that house and it, it's just the or that, the woe video where he's just like in the trailer. No, 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 fuck this. <laughs> yeah, so. I love I love Doris for that re- like that was where I think he he kind of hit his stride as an artist mm-hmm. as a rapper um, and that's his first real album too so I think for him it was a great debut album I think it was strong that's amazing um, then he comes out with I don't like shit I don't go outside and I I really love this album I do um just. He taught, I mean, I don't like shit, I don't go outside is the perfect title, one for Earl Sweatshirt, but yeah. 
It's just that's what he was about since Doris came out. That's what he was about. Um, and that's what he talks about, the struggle within himself, even more so. But he's far more introspective in this album. Um, whereas in Doris, he was still kind of just throwing the crazy bars out there with ridiculous storytelling of things that didn't necessarily happen. But it was just like, I'm rapping, I'm showing off my uh, my skill and my ability. Where where this is, I have the skill and ability and I'm using it to tell you a story of my struggles and mm-hmm. how I'm feeling and what I'm doing and how things have gone. Because he, he's, you know, he split from my future um, and a lot of people thought he was fighting, beefing with Odd Future, whatever. But really, he he attributes Odd Future to the reason that he got into his drug addiction in the first place and relapsed upon coming back to America. So those struggles, all of that coming back, um, the depress, the crippling depression, um, the struggles of the success in a music career, but never feeling quite complete as a person. It really shows in here. Um, and that's interesting because I was just, it's a quote, I think it was about, especially about people that are self-aware and people that really break things down and try to have a better understanding of things. And so those people that have, self-aware break down meaning and understanding and so when they look for almost when they look for like happiness or satisfaction or success and when they really break it down and understand everything that's attributed to where they're at they kind of destroy the success they kind of destroy the happiness because it's not complete like they, they see all the flaws that exist within there and it creates even more of a sense of unhappiness and so as they continue to rise and try to get to those points so on paper if you look at a lot of these people they have it all but internally they they feel like it's not true it's not 100 percent. it's not perfect and i feel that really relates to earl yeah and for i don't like shit i don't go outside um the the main track off of there was called grief Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. See, that's yeah, one yeah. that stuck with me. It's I like, really enjoyed. Good grief. grief! I've been reaping what I sow. I've been outside in a minute. I've been living what I wrote. Yep. And he just he just talks about just all the struggles he's gone through, and how all the success means nothing, and he's still struggling with his relationship with his mother, which is huge. Um, and he knows it's him. He's the reason his mom's going, or he's the reason that the relationship is strained. He knows it, but he he is who he is Mm -hmm. too, and you know he struggles with all that stuff as well. Um, So I thought that was really interesting, and that that album is mostly produced by him himself as random black dude, which is also I mean you want to talk about dark um, production like Mm, yeah. It is so it's so dark and raw and uh like you feel you feel the 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 ang- the angst and the anger and just the 
um, just the struggle in in the beats. So that's what I really like. I don't like it. I don't go outside. What I always appreciate about Earl is, and I think this isn't from my conversations with people. I have actually very few conversations with people about Earl. I wish more people talked about Earl and listened to Earl. Uh, how how he he approaches rap like a poet, like a true poet. From remember when we had to do poetry out loud in high school, that bullshit. I one of the things I took away though was, and it was very interesting to me that the teachers were trying to teach us this and they didn't work on different different forms to break the habit. They're talking to a group of kids who largely listen to hip-hop and R&B. And they give them this assignment. Like, here's, here's poetry. You, you're going to have to recite this poetry. By the way, you get points taken off of you if, if you do it with a rhythm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but you're not helping practice that. So I would have almost done a, okay, here's a famous rap song. Everybody knows this rap song. You know how the flow goes. Recite this. Speak it. Don't don't rap it. Yeah, just, just speak, speak it, it and do it without hitting that beat. I think that would have been a better practice than giving a po- like a poem that people don't know. Yeah. And say, do this without rhyming. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like Earl hits it but doesn't hit it. And it feels like he's just like talking to you. Exactly. And I, I have to imagine that has to be, if not from actual like a relationship with his father, but like you talk about some things that are just in your blood. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that's part of what was in his blood. That's that artistic. And, and it was that understanding of how the rhythm flows and how you can break it apart, yet still be in rhythm while being out, out of rhythm, rhythm. which right. he does so effortlessly. The way he. He'll attack, he'll go after something, you'll start to feel it, especially if you're just like learning it and you're rapping along with it. And then it, he breaks and it. And it'll break. And it's, and it's just like, and it and doesn't it, make sense. It's not, it's not a pattern. He doesn't do it with a specific pattern. Right. But it keeps you interested because you're not falling into the rhythm. You're oh, yeah, not falling no, this, into, no, no, you no, get no, knocked out goes, huh? of it. Oh. You go, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I think that's the most appealing part to Earl for me is his command of of a song lyrically is bar none his storytelling is bar none i i always thought of him like kind of like an mf doom where mm. mf doom is on this gritty beat this off kilter beat it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have a perfect rhythm to it and well, it just was, hits it it was very interesting as we were getting ready to do the research for this i started down that rabbit hole to Vox, right? When yeah. I was watching, because I remember seeing that Vox video about the great lyricist of the day, MF Doom, yeah. and how he is so complex when you're looking at his rhyme patterns, and like, oh, he's doing like 20 rhyme patterns in one song. And it was just like, whoa. And then when we got into, okay, we're going to do this Earl episode, and I was like listening to him, I was just like, oh, his rhyme schemes insane. And I just started doing research and then it led me back to Vox and I was like oh my gosh this is exactly like that video except for Earl wasn't part of the conversation at that point and it's going to be so interesting down the line when when 
people go back and start breaking it down again and wanting to do a video similar to that and talking about these great commanders of rhythm and flow. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to be able to get away without talking about her. Yeah, and it's it it's his delivery too. It's that monotone voice and he and he can he, he just elongates it and it's just kind of like methodically going along. It's not going high, it's not going low. It's just steady, 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 but then it just stops and then it continues and then like for someone who has a monotone delivery keeps my interest. It it, it it's never boring. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of so. For for uh, song recommendations, um, what would be the song that you would introduce someone to Earl with, Tyler? Ooh, that's loaded. That is so loaded because I could go so many different ways with this. Um, oh man. I don't know what I want to go with it. I, I, I have to go orange juice. <laughs> the orange juice freestyle? <laughs> or what, the, the, whatever, what was that? Lemon, what, Lemonade. Lemonade was the name of the Gucci Mane song. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say chum. <laughs> That's probably a more accurate representation. I'm going to say chum because it, it has the introspective... Mm-hmm. Earl, it has the rhyme patterns, it has the lyricism, it has the gritty, dark beat. And I think I think it has everything that you would be looking for in an Earl song. It's not too far down the rabbit hole, but it's not but it's also everything that he is. And that's why I go with Chum to introduce you. Alright, favorite song. Favorite song? I would have to go with either Woe off of Doris or Grief from I Don't Like You, I Don't Go Outside. I'm going Hive. Hive. Yeah, that's a good one too. I've, I find myself, whenever I'm in an Earl mood, falling back to Hive. Or even when I'm not in an Earl mood and I'm just going down rabbit holes and it pops up. Yeah. No. This is the song. This is what go, I needed today. Go back, go back to Hive. Hive just, it speaks, I think visually it speaks to me. I think it's a very entertaining song for me. I especially like to sing along with. It's like to, to rap along with. It's one of my favorites to, to be with them. I think, think that's the one I understand the most and able to, to pick up even if I haven't listened to it for a while, which yeah. is very hard for me to really connect on that, that wavelength because... Again, we're talking about his depth and, and, and how he commands a song yeah, and what dense. he does with songs. It's just, again, it's sometimes overbearing and what, he's a year younger than us. Yeah. That's cool. So it, it's it's one of those things where I'm still kind of trying to understand his content more because it's been around like our same timeline. Right. And so I've been more paying attention to like the older generations. The old, yeah, the stuff that was there when we were a little younger. Right. Right. So, how about how about your favorite song lyrically? Whether it's like the best lyrical song, I or think it has to be. As I said, I, I enjoy listening to Hive, and I can rap along with that the most. But I think still, as I said, Doris, I really enjoyed this album. So I was Chum. Like it was, it, it Chum has to be one of my favorite songs to listen to because as I was saying, that's one of those songs where one of the first songs that he did 
that I picked up on that I really we were having a conversation where I was like, no, I relate to this. Like I, I really understand, like I'm feeling this. Like when I was going through my depression in college, I was just like, yeah, I was listening to a lot of Earl because it was, it made me feel better because I was just like, I'm not the like, only person, which is the weird thing about depression. It's just like everyone that talks about depression knows like it's not this rare occurrence. Like depression, yeah. a lot of people go through it. But when you're in that, that's not how it feels and to be able to even remotely get into a not how this person gets it like that's reaffirming it's life-saving it's really intense and uh yeah so chum for me chum so i'm going to go with dna from uh i don't like shit i don't go outside um his verse on that and just just how hard he hit the beat, I think that one or whoa, of course. Whoa is like the way he hits that and it's that like the like he just rides it so well. Um so those would be my those would be my two. Um I can't decide which one, but uh definitely gotta go with those two. Does this mean does this mean we're at the lyrics? We're at the lyrics. The lyrics. So this has to be the first lyric that we discuss because I think it's the most hilarious post I've ever had on Facebook in terms of responses. Oh. <laughs> so this is coming off of Chum. Too black for the white kids and too white for the blacks. From honor roll, the cracking locks up, up off the bicycle racks. So that first line yeah, it was a- is all I posted. <laughs> and being the biracial kid that I am and the family being on social media, well, it was reaffirming. I have a lot of love. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> but no one took yeah. time to research. I had quotation marks on this post, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it, it was for his like, it's, it's going to be okay. If they don't like it for you, you yeah. don't need them. <laughs> And then, I, and then I just I just commented Earl. <laughs> Earl, not sweat, no, Earl sweatshirt. It's Earl, not great song, not lovely lyrics. Yeah, it's Earl. And I was like, thank you. Somebody gets it. I think I ended up posting the link of the song. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's why Chum for me is like one of my favorites too, and probably the most relatable for that. For that. That 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 lyric, like, okay, all joking aside, it was so. You know, like, logic out there. Like, I'm biracial. All right. But for, I don't know, something about that line from Earl, again, that's such a relatability thing. Too black for the white kids and too white for the black. He's he's not even talking about, like... Actual black and white. But he wasn't even talking about, like, yeah, I was acting too, like, to this or I was acting too much this. No, and it was, like, like, I'm here. Just and, me being yeah. me was too black for these people was too white for these people and the the reality of it is i was just being me and none of you can handle the fact that that's made up of a lot of elements right and that was so relatable because i've had those like i've had those words thrown at me right you're acting really black right now tyler we're like "Mm, that's your white side coming out and it's just like 
now it's just me. Like, you're in the same environments that I'm in. Like, am I going to call you out now? And it's like, wow, man, you're, you're, you're acting very Hispanic. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was a great lyric. That was a great lyric. And then uh, the, what's, what's this next one here from Hive? Mm, Desolate Testaments trying to stay Jekyllish, but most niggas hide and Brenda just stayed pregnant. <laughs> ah! Again, like... <laughs> Hive is so fun because that's a really good example of how he does break down his, his rhythm and flow and stuff like that too. Uh, Hive. I, I don't know. I'm a, I, I really love the Jekyll and Hyde play here. Yeah, and then and then the and then a shout out to Pop to Tupac with the uh, Brenda's got a baby mm-hmm. reference there. I thought it was pretty good too. Um, and then we also have here the so here I sit I in a pyramid. God spit it like it's true serum in that beer and then disappear again. <laughs> Reappear bearded on top of a leer, staring it into the kid's ear again. Just that. I think that's what like perked my ears up on that mm-hmm. song. Like the way he, it, it's just that, it's crazy. It's dense, though, like, but it's but it, when you look at some of the greatest authors of all times, and you read a sentence that goes on for half a page, a full page, a page and a half, a sentence. That's just explaining one event and just the the detail that they put into explaining that. Disappeared again, reappeared, bearded on top of a leer, staring into the ear. Like, just doing it in such a condensed version on how he's, like, manipulating that that just... The the rhyme scheme, the pattern. The rhyme scheme, the pattern, and just it's a singular path. It's just this really quick thing, but... The way he delivers it, it feels like left, right. Like, it, it feels like this yeah. whole, like, journey that he just went on. And he's just, wait. This is what, yeah, this is my favorite thing about Earl is it's the fact that, like, I would pay someone money to illustrate his verses as a story. Because yeah. could you just imagine that, like, could you just imagine that that lyric in a in a story, just just that little bit there is is like a compelling illillustrated story there. That's what you played in your head already. Like you can see it. Yeah, you, you know I what can you see want it. I know to what see I want to see. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Come on, I need it. <laughs> Come on, I need it. <laughs> oh man. No, but uh one more lyric for me from right. from my favorite song. No, other favorite song, Grief. Oh, okay. This wasn't on the list that I saw. No, I'm 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 adding this one coming off coming off the top. Straight off the dome. Off the dome. No. Um I'm actually on genius.com. Uh shout out to De- Genius for sponsoring this episode. You're not really, but you should. So he, he goes at the beginning of his first verse. He goes, I don't act hard, I'm a hard act to follow. Like it or not, when it dropped, bet he gotta listen. Chasing dragons, trying to make it happen on a mission. Step into the shadows, we could talk addiction. When it's harmful when you're going, and the part of you that know it don't give a fuck. Pardon me for going into details. 376 was a brothel. We have females coming every hour in the cop. And shit, this sounds like a gavel when it not. Like, 
he's going in that little bit. He's talking about how he's just going deep and deep and deep. And then it's just physical afflictions and doing crazy shit that he knows isn't right or isn't taking him anywhere. And, and, and it just like, it feels like a spiral the way he starts off with that. And the beginning of the song where, where he's talking about good grief, I've been reaping what I sow. Um, it's like, it's like, he's looking back like, damn, damn. And then all of a sudden he, he just goes down the spiral in his mind when he hits the verse. And I think that was so compelling to me when I first heard him, like, wow, like he's, he's really going through it. Um, and the way, and the way he delivers it kind of keep, kind of takes you down the spiral with him. Like I, it almost feels like a whirlpool. Like you're just going down, down towards the center, like a black hole. I mean, that's literally how I was listening to it. It's just, Round and round we go. <laughs> Alright. Do the next lyric. Do the next lyric. That those 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 are my favorite lyrics. Um do you have any other lyrics that you want to add to this list? I'm pretty sure this woe lyric was you. Was this not? Uh let's see here. Oh, too pretentious to pretend like he could lose with spin, steaming tubes of poop and twisted doobies full of euphemisms. That one was just like that, like you, ah, uh, how he delivers that. Song. How he delivers it is just like, uh, 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 wow. Wow. Like, and then like the, the best part is twisting doobies full of euphemisms. Like, <laughs> I just imagine him like rolling up his lyrics <laughs> So I thought I thought that I thought that one as far as like that's where he's kind of like braggadocious like I was braggadocious I'm nice. but it's still that visual like he really delivers a story like that visual story that you you hear it and you immediately see it within your head and within your mind and you can just envision all of this all these illustrations you you can see the story unfold right in front of you and it's just so entertaining. So my, I had to kick it back to Oldie because it, it's it's a fun one for me. Um, I don't know. I just like that. I made it back to Fahrenheit. Grimy get the narrow type. Pharaoh fucking ill apparent wearing pack of parasites. The, so it's the Pharaoh fucking ill apparel wearing pack of parasites. The way he that rhyme scheme just the just the when you talk about okay you got like punchline rappers or you, you know, like who just hit the last line yeah with the same word every time so rhyme so Cassidy. it's telling Cassidy yeah exactly I, I knew you'd pick that up so it'd be just a sentence rhyming word sentence rhyming word so sentence A sentence A sentence B sentence B yeah sentence C sentence C right? or you could have Earl where it's like you're Half rhyming a within a, and then a you're rhyming area. within the line itself, yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun. Internal rhyme schemes are fun, and it keeps it keeps you interested. So, All right, so that was like our not so brief breakdown <laughs> on Earl before the episode. Yeah, we're gonna like keep it down to like thirty minutes. I don't even want to look at the program right now. But again, from Earl. To some rap songs. It's been a fun ride. He's definitely one of those uh, 
Marquise and I talked about Jay-Z being like an evolution and Tyler being like a metamorphosis almost where like Jay-Z's continuing on and he's, he's getting better and he's, he's evolving and branching out into different things and he's becoming more complex. And then we talk about Tyler, we were talking about, yeah, he started here and he really just completely transformed as far as his production ability, his song and like what he, what he does with the whole album is just, it's been a metamorphosis. Earl, I, 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 how, would, how would you describe this, this journey? Imperfect growth, I'd say. Beautiful. He's grown as an artist, um, and he really, his subject matter is about his imperfections, um, but he's, his, his introspectiveness towards, you know, his, his failures in his past is kind of what is driving his, his music so far. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he goes forward from here. I call it like spelunking. Spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good good way. Like it's a cave. He's definitely cave diving here. Would you not agree? I I get yeah I get I can see that where he's just kind of he's he's going down to the depths and just kind of pulling. Um, but I kind of I kind of think it's. He, he was. It, it's it's all it's the the growth there. I think is what keeps it for me from being like he's just diving down and uh, and down deeper. It's still a journey. It doesn't mean like there isn't growth within there. I don't think it's it's meant to be non transformative. By saying he he's spelunking, because I think especially when you're looking at uh, spelunking in a sense, a lot of times you're hitting areas you don't bring certain equipment where it's just darkness. Where like you're, I think Z I don't know if you got into this conversation with Z in the middle of Wawa at like two o'clock in the morning. He did this like cave diving thing and oh, yeah. just turned the lights off. Yeah, and it's just like that that feeling. That senseless darkness. Right. So even within that, that that there was huge growth for Z within that experience. And I, I, I think that's why I'm saying like it's more of a spelunking journey for, for Earl because it's going into these uncomfortable spots and being so real about how, how the, his journey has been taking him and how okay. that makes him feel. That's fair. That, that that's why I went down okay. that that yeah. rabbit hole. We're into that cave. <laughs> this was a really fun episode. It got way more in depth than I was expecting it. Um. And this was our, this was like the real, like, let's do a music bonus episode. Yeah. We knew we did a Nipsey Honor episode. Which was more about him as a person. person. And, and we, we talked about Earl in the sense of, like, outside of the music world as well. And I think as we continue down these not bonus episodes, we're going to continue talking about more of the outside impact as well. Yeah. Of the musical impact they have. But Earl, again, we're talking about this kid's 25. I'm calling him a kid like he's I still see him at 16. Um, but he's he's a year younger than us, so like honestly he's like some of our friends. Like yeah. he, he's right in our group, which I think is again what's really relatable about him. But with other artists 
we're going to take more of a look at what they've done outside of the music world because that tends to be very important as well and can have a huge impact on how we perceive them in their, their music world as well. I think within music more than anything, I think we tend to judge people about their character outside of the persona of their celebrity. Because I know a lot of times we look at, again, generalizing, we'll look at athletes as well, whatever they do in their personal life. Their personal life, I just care about how they, they act on the field and how they, they perform. And so when those performances, when the, the life outside starts to really have an impact and like they, they take things that actually matter, I'm, I'm looking more at like Kaepernick. Yeah. And bring it into that world, everyone starts exploding. They don't know how to handle that. Whereas with artists and stuff like that, there, there's more of this because a lot of times they're talking about what's going on in their lives, anyways. It, it that's kind the of bleeds out. So I think that's pain. why we're going to tend to look at these artists for more than just what they're doing musically, but also what they're doing outside. But again, um, the next artist that we're going to be looking at. We're also going to have to have a real episode on because of the Kaepernick incident. And it, I think it's just a real good juxtaposition. I think it's, it's going to be fun going from Earl, who's so young and early in this game, to going, it's going to be Jay-Z. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do a whole episode and not say who, who the next one's going to be. So... Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Uh, we started off with the Voodoo Ranger, which again, I love uh, New Belgium and I love their Voodoo series. I can't believe they had it in a can. And it was delicious. It was. So that Pick was great. If you if you uh, get a chance, try it. Let us know what you think. We're going to be getting back into the uh, our black media and movies, television kind of uh series with black firsts right that's going to be our next installment of the series so that's going to be a lot of fun but if, if you enjoyed this if you think that there is any earl songs that we didn't mention that that we we should uh should have talked about please please hit us up because we'll love to go in depth with earl some more i love we'll just start off next episode with yeah. any of those uh and if you haven't listened to Earl, make sure you do. Make sure you uh, take a listen to some of his work. And if you find a song that you particularly um, vibe with, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know. But thank you for tuning in. And until next time, peace. Peace.